You're listening to an Amplify podcast. Now we're going to be talking about the strangest thing that you have ever eaten. So have you ever eaten anything strange? I'm not one to partake in the strange food phenomenon because I'm very bland and basic and I just like food. Well, I've got two things. First, I've eaten snails. Uh, these were cooked by my grandmother. Like, they'll see snails cooked in tomato sauce. Did um, you did you call these escargot, as the French call um, cooked snails? No, I just no. called them snails. Snails, okay. And I've eaten chicken heart before. Chicken heart's not that unusual, I don't it's think. It's not super unusual, but it's also not exactly something you it's, find it normally. Yeah, you wouldn't eat, eat it for dinner every it was, night. It was pretty interesting. The snails were actually not that bad. Uh, the chicken heart was... A lot of people actually like snails, it seems yeah. like. It's very big in France, obviously. Yeah, yeah, They're like a like cultural thing. So you've just never had, like... Not really. Not that I can remember, I don't think. No? I've probably eaten something and just passed it on. But I'm a really picky eater, that's the thing. Really? So what do you eat? <laughs> Nothing, basically. But I eat... I like fruit, vegetables. Vegetables are cool. Okay, What's what sort of vegetables? Green... It um, depends. It depends what I'm eating. Like, say I'm eating, I don't know, chicken schnitzel or something. I'd have carrot okay. and lettuce with it or something. Something like that. Okay. Well, yeah. So, strange things, I guess, apart from snails and heart, chicken heart, I don't think I've had... I think I might have eaten chicken neck once, or it was either neck or liver. My dog uh, eats chicken neck. Eats chicken necks. Get them um, from the butcher. Um, I've sometimes had soup that's got, like, um, not, like entrails it's got like leftover chunks of meat not just chunks of meat but it's got like leftover um bits chicken bits i guess it's a gynecultural thing um apart from that i can't think of anything else that strange that i think i think, I've eaten. I think one thing that lots of people do mm-hmm. is they eat sushi and sushi's really odd because you it's it it's raw fish and just rice and other bits and pieces, seaweed. I don't get people liking seaweed. Like, that, that that makes no sense. I have eaten seaweed on its own once. It Seaweed's was, fine on its own, I, I think. It was... It's a weird food. I wasn't a huge fan of it on its own. Uh, when it's with sushi, I actually like it. It's not that... That's it's, like, it pretty more, tasteless, but... It gives it more it. emphasis on the taste, I reckon. Yeah, it's it's not... It doesn't exactly have a taste. It's just... It's, it's there. just there. It's yeah. just to keep the rice from falling apart. But, no, sushi, I, I like sushi. For the most part. But it's raw fish. It's weird. Because usually raw fish, or raw anything, for example, raw chicken can give you well, salmonella or something. Yeah, but that chicken and uh, fish are completely different, really. Like, chicken... It fish is just chicken back. of the sea. <laughs> uh, not exactly. But uh, I guess enough. I can see where you're coming from. But, again, it's something that's been done for a lot longer. It's like... I can understand that, whereas people don't exactly go out and eat snails every day, unless they live in France, in which case, I guess they do eat snails quite a bit there. But they don't eat them every day. It's, it's probably like a special yeah. occasion food. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've eaten... There's one more thing. I think I may have eaten... Oh, bugs. Yes, that's it. Bugs I... are normal. <laughs> Worms and stuff. Yeah, five-year-olds do that. Yeah, except I ate them like that. actually cooked. Um, oh. For like a school thing, it was like science week, and it was. Oh, um, I was going to ask, was it on camp or something? No, it was during a science week at school. Ugh. The week was all related to food stuff, and um, yeah, they cooked bugs. Interesting. Like, One of my friends just like kept eating the bugs, and it just yeah, they were 
don't know, just crunchy. A lot of people know. say that bugs contain a lot of protein, but I'm not sure about that because they're very minute and small. Amplify the sound of underage Melbourne. I'm thinking of going to Japan later in the year for a school thing. I'm not sure about it. My school yet. also does that. It's, yeah. a, it's a like study tour thing. Yeah, I'm thinking of going overseas, but I've never actually been overseas before, so... <gasps> really? No, not... Oh. I've been to Queensland, but I've never been overseas. How unfortunate. So, where have you been? Um, I've been to all but three continents, which I think is pretty good for a 15-year-old. So, I've been to, obviously, Australia and Asia... I've only been to Asia. I went to one country in Asia and I went to Singapore for like a day. Okay. So that sort of counts, but not really. It's like not even Central Asia. It's just Southeast Islander Asia. Um, I've been to Europe, spent a month in Europe, traveling around Europe um, for Christmas. And when I was in year one, we went to America and we went to Disneyland. We went to Phoenix, Arizona, went to Las Vegas. So you've been to a lot of places? Yes. I suppose you could say that. Okay, if you were to give one tip, so what would be the one big thing that you always do when going overseas? Don't overpack. Don't overpack? I've learned that from Sin Camp. I had this big bag that I had to take and I almost died from carrying it all. Okay, so don't overpack is tip number one? Like, it, it's best, it depends. Like, mm-hmm. overpacking's fine and everything, but you need to think about how you're going to store it and how you're going to transport all the stuff. What about with uh, speaking other languages? So how do you fare with that? All right, I think. Just if you... You need to know how to say hello, goodbye, and where's the toilet, basically. That's all you need. That's it. And, like, something to do with food. Okay. Uh, What about currency? Currency. When I went to Europe, most of Europe uses euro. Um, Some use, like, krona and pounds and stuff. But otherwise, it's quite simple to use. It Just think of Australian dollars, but a different name. Yeah. Uh, any other tips that you'd give? Like, I don't know. think I'm the one to give tips because I'm not an expert traveller. I'm only 15. You've travelled more than me. Uh, I guess so. But, yeah. Okay. Well, I've been well, to every Australian capital city except for Perth. Well, what did you do when you were overseas then? How did you spend your time? Uh, usually, we were like the white tourists who went on, like, the tourist bus and everything and, you know, went to museums, stuff. Uh, out of all the places you've been, what's your favourite? I think I really like London. You like London? I now? liked London. London yeah. was really pretty. Um, super easy to get around. The Tube's great. I love the Tube. Um, nice people. Okay. Good area. Just We stayed in uh, South Kensington, which is to the east. Okay. Or west, sorry. West of London. So that's close to the city. It's um, near St. James Park. There's a big park around that area. Lovely park. Um, otherwise, good. Yeah. Everything's all good. Travelling, nice. What about the food overseas? Food. I'm not good with food, as I just specified in the last um, in the last segment. Picky eater. But usually we just got something... Sometimes we went, like, cultural food... In certain areas, usually we just get, like, normal Western American food. Okay, well, uh, what would be your tips for generally getting around places? You know, would, did you walk? Did you catch a lot of public transport? You know, did you get, like, taxis? Okay, with public transport, make sure you have a specific ticketing system. Like, for example, in London, the Oyster Card. 
Be sure to have one of those. They're like Mikey's. You have to top them up. Um, in Paris, they have these little... They're not even... They don't have touch-on, touch-off things. They have, like, little tickets that you have to purchase from a machine and everything. Okay. So make sure you know what you're doing. And always check the maps. And especially in London, because they have a lot of service delays and works and stuff going on, make sure to check, like, the specific website to see if there are delays or works going on. Okay. Uh... Did you ever get like lost when traveling? I don't think so. Most people, most places are easy to get around and stuff. Okay. Well, thanks for all the tips. I'm, um, I'm looking forward to putting them into practice. Hopefully that helps. Amplify. 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 Thomas, you're going to be analyzing the Kick Inside by Kate Bush now, right? Yeah. Um, I just want to briefly talk about what what the Thomas analysis is. There's a little bit of a history behind it. Not much though. So, a couple of seasons ago, I was on a show called The Awkward Stage, which is like a training show, and you were also on that show, but on a different season. Yes. Um, and one of my co-hosts from th- that show was just like, you know stuff about music, why don't you talk about it? And he came up with this segment called The Thomas Analysis, and I didn't put it into practice then, but last season, I started amplifying, and I'm just like, hey, let's do this, because why not? It might be good and we haven't gotten any any reviews on it or anything so i've been doing it for like what 13 weeks now i don't know um you did it last week yeah and no one really cares i don't think but it's just there it's just there anyway so so tell us about this album so this album's called the kick inside and it's by legendary artist kate bush who's english and this was out released in 1979 um yeah, so on the 17th of February, actually, to be precise. And it was recorded between June 1975 to um, August 1977. On, yeah, 1977, sorry. Um, anyway, so the genres, there's a whole vary of genres, but the main ones are art pop. So Kate Bush is very... Um, known for her artsy style of music. What do you mean by artsy? I don't know. It's just a sort of vibe, almost. So there's there's a feeling of just art and stuff that revolves around art. She uses in one of her songs that I'm going to talk about later, and it was a very big single and everything, where she talks about and references a book. But it's not actually about the book. It's about a... Um, televised movie that she saw on the book, based on the book. Okay. So we'll talk briefly about that later. Anyway, so um, this was her first album, so debut, all great and everything. Um, lots of, like, producers and everything. She had lots of influence. Her dance teacher influenced her a lot, and in a lot of her music videos, she's very dance-oriented and everything. Um, so there were the singles... There weren't many that were released here in Australia, but more in the UK and America. So there's the one that we were talking about called Wuthering Heights. So you may have heard of the book, Wuthering Heights. I've heard of it, yeah. Yeah. So she based that on a televised movie thing that she saw on TV based on Wuthering Heights. Okay. Why did she choose to do that? Do you have any idea on why she was based a song on a TV show? No, I think she's just intrigued by it. And this was actually not going to be her main first single. It's going to be another song. But she persuaded her producers not to do that. Okay. Which is 
interesting to them just like, yeah, Kate Bush, you do what you want to do. Don't let your producers do stuff, really. Um, the next single that we're going to play is called Moving. It's a nice song. And it's got the first 20 seconds is whale sounds. It's really odd. That's it's just lots of... Strange. When I first heard it, I didn't think it was whale sounds. I think it was just like something else. And it's very odd. Do you have any idea on why it might be? Don't know why. Just whale sounds. Again, art. You know, art pop, art punk, all that. Um, next single was called Them Heavy People. Interesting song. Very interesting song. Um, the next, the song after that, so the fourth single, which you're going to also play, is called The Man With A Child In His Eyes. Interesting music video. She's just in this white background in a white dress, and it's all just flash, bang, stuff is going on, but not really, which is, again, interesting. And the last single, the fifth single, um, was called Strange Phenomena. Okay. Um, what's this one about? Strange things that happen. Okay. Like the strangest things we've eaten. Catch up on podcast at omniapp.com. That's O M N Y A P dot com forward slash shows forward slash amplify. Our producer Jake yes. is in the studio and he's clapping for that awesome segue. Um, <laughs> Good job. Yeah, so lots of stuff happened with this album release. Uh, well, it um, went to number number one, Wuthering Heights. Okay. And that's her only song to go to number one in the UK. To that's hers. Now, I have heard a bit about it. I've heard it's one of the most difficult songs to sing. Do you have Is any? it? That's what I've heard. It's a really hard, um, danceable song. Like, there's a lot of swaying, but there's just some weird dance moves involved in it. Uh, it's really quite odd. Really just, yeah, not... It's lots of weird dance moves. It's a nice song, though. It's a love story about Heathcliff and Kathy from Wuthering Heights. Okay. Yeah. If you if you've read Wuthering Heights, you would get this. Um, but I haven't. So you haven't. No. Uh, track listing. There's 13 songs in the album. It's two sides. So it was originally on record and tape. So you like the first six songs were on one side, and then you'd have to flip it over. Back in my day, you'd have to flip flip the cassette over, and it'd be. This wasn't in your day. <laughs> sure, it was. <laughs> um, so first song, moving with the 20 seconds of whale whale sounds. Um, the saxophone song. Strange Phenomena, Kite, which was a B-side. Kite was a B-side for um, Wuthering Heights. Um, the Man with His Child in His Eyes, Wuthering Heights, James and the Cold Gun, Feel It, Old to Be in Love, L'Amour, Looks Something Like You, which we're going to play in one minute. Um, them, Heavy People, Room for Life, and the final song, The Kick Inside. Just to wrap up the whole album. Um, so she was mainly the person who did everything. So she'd play the instruments and sing, but she'd have some people doing like guitar or something. Okay. What's your favourite song on the album? I think the song that we're going to play in a sec um, is called L'Amour Looks Something Like You, and I really like that song. Don't know why, it just really appealed to me. We are going to be talking costume parties. So have you ever been to a costume party? Unfortunately, no. I'm really unpopular and I've been to about three parties in my life. And they're like birthday parties with cake and everything, and it's great. I think I might have been to one when I was, like, six, and I think I wore, like, a Superman costume or something like that. I remember having a pirate party. It was great. Did you dress up as a pirate? Yes. I think so. I don't even remember. Well, if you were to hold a costume party, what would it be? What would the theme be? We were talking earlier today about um, 90s stuff, and I was just like, 
90s, I dig it. But that's really 70s using the phrase, I dig it. But who would you go as? I said today, like, a male version of Daria Morgendorfer from the TV show Daria. That would be amazing. I love Daria. She's sarcastic and great. I'd probably have a costume party theme, like, I don't know, probably pop culture themed costume mm-hmm. party, I guess. What sort of pop culture? Like, sci-fi or... Pop culture in general. In general. You know, whatever your pop culture thing is. If you like movies, go as a movie character. But wouldn't, like... wouldn't that be difficult with lots of people? What because do you mean? How would it people, be difficult? People would be like, what are you dressed as? And they wouldn't know. Isn't that the fun of it, though? Finding out what people so. are dressed up as and seeing all the weird costumes. And, like, you've got some people that have, like, these ridiculous go all out with these costumes. And then like... there's someone who bought a costume from the $2 shop. Pretty much. Like, I haven't... Okay, I haven't been to, a, like, a costume party, at least not that I can really remember. But I have been to a um, video game convention. I went to PAX last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was at the convention centre. Yes. And every, a lot of people... Um, do cosplay, so they will still wear costumes. Some of the things that people wear are absolutely crazy, amazing. Like they will go all out with like homemade like masks and like clothes, and they'll get like full outfits, and it's ridiculous. Ooh, wow! I I, I understand cosplay is like huge in the community these days, and people can make some tremendous outfits and everything. But do you, do you think that? The main public would cosplay. What do you mean the main public? Like, people who aren't, like, you know, talented in textiles or anything. Yes. Yes. Whether there are good costumes or are bad costumes. Just because you're, you're not necessarily good at making a costume doesn't mean you can't wear a good costume. I guess so. It just takes... You just have to actually, like, put effort into it. Like, some people would have just... You could tell that they just bought their costume from, like, a $2 shop because they were, like... They just looked poorly made. They didn't exactly look like it suited them. They were small. But, yeah, but then some people, you can tell, they actually put effort in. You know, they would have gotten, like, pieces of cardboard and to cut out and make, hand like... hand-stitched and everything. Yeah, they would have made, like, their own, like, cardboard versions of weapons from, like, video games or anime or movies or whatever it is. Whatever. And like that. And I've noticed, especially in anime, there's a lot of cosplay. Yes. Mainly. Lots. Mainly anime is the um, general thing. For uh, to a degree. Um, again, TV shows, another big one. TV shows, movies, video games. Yeah, I've seen... All general. Have you, so, have you ever seen any, like, costumes just in general that you really liked? I mean, I see people walking down the street and cosplay or something, or when a convention's on. Sometimes I see people, but not usually, not anything that I can remember. So you haven't really seen anything that you're like, that is absolutely amazing? That's what Tumblr's for. (laughs) Well, what have you seen on Tumblr, then? I don't know, I just... Bits and pieces. Lots of people look good and, like, whatever. It depends. As you said before, if you put a lot of effort into it, it can, yeah. Yeah, and as long as the costume suits you as well, because some people will wear a costume that's just like, why are you wearing that? It doesn't look like you at all. Yeah. This podcast was brought to you by Amplify. 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 The sound of underage Melbourne.